My name is Marcus Freestone. Welcome to episode four of the Positive Thinking and Meaning of Life podcast. This is a companion to my free ebook of the same name, which has now topped 20,000 downloads. Whoopee! I've had some nice reviews for the book, thank you everyone, including one person who said it was the best book they've ever read. I promise I'm not making that up. You can find it on Obooko. I've also had two reviews from Christians. One was very balanced. The other was completely unbalanced and frankly a personal insult to me. For the sake of clarity, I will read both reviews so nobody gets the idea that I'm trying to portray all religious people as stupid, ignorant and closed-minded. Indeed, my girlfriend is a church-going, reads-the-Bible-every-day Christian and she's the kindest, most selfless, non-judgmental person you could ever wish to meet. Here's a nice four-star review from someone called Lucille. I had to step out of my comfort zone once I found out that this author was an atheist. My beliefs wanted to not listen at all, but since I didn't read up on the author beforehand, and not until the end of the book did I discover that he was an atheist. I did, however, find some very good information, also astounded by how much there was in common with my own issues, which was a sense of comfort in that others experienced similar behaviours. I did find addressing my thoughts was helpful, thinking about what I am thinking about. I received a lot of information on how the brain works in depressive states and remedying negative patterns of thinking. So you can be religious and still enjoy my book. But not if you're the person known as Bostonian78. In a one-star review titled Poor Conclusion, they say, and I'm quoting it with all the inept grammar as well, just to be absolutely clear, This man is an atheist. He doesn't even know why he is living. Now I understand why you are suffering and you will continue to suffer if you don't change your mind. If you want to know what an idiot thinks, read this book. And I ask a question to the author. If things just exist as you stated, who created the earth or the sun? Was it by accident or why does matter exist if there is no meaning on anything? Four question marks. That is the direct quote. Bostonian 78. I hope you're listening, because I did in fact leave a response to that review, which said, listen to episode four of this podcast for my response. So I'm going to spend this whole episode responding to these disturbing and grammatically inept comments, because... It occurs to me that others may have similar misunderstandings about what I'm saying, and I don't like being misunderstood, particularly in this manner. So here goes. Firstly, to clear one important thing up, I am not an atheist fundamentalist. I've attended Buddhist meetings, I've meditated, for three years I was a member of the Theosophical Society, I've read the Bhagavad Gita, I've had joyous discussions with a Baptist minister covering science, religion and philosophy. I believe it's a huge privilege to be a conscious, breathing human being and I'm determined to make the absolute most of the short time I have on this planet. I judge people by their words and actions and nothing else and go out of my way to cause as little harm as possible to other people and the planet. 
When I look up at the night sky, I am filled with awe and wonder at the size and complexity of the universe and the thought that any of the lights I'm looking at could be a planet bigger than the one I'm standing on makes me giddy. I just happen to not believe in any form of God or metaphysical spiritual energy. That's it. I'm not anti-religious. As I say, my girlfriend's a Christian. I'm happy. I enjoy having conversations about religion. I agree with a lot of the tenets of Christianity and, and most religions, which is basically be a nice person, don't be a dick towards other people, and just, you know, chill out, don't judge, turn the other cheek, have a good life, and don't, you know, you know don't fuck up others' lives. That's the basic tenets of all religion. I agree with that. Anyway, going back to his comment about me being an idiot, for those who haven't read the book, it's almost entirely about psychology and human experience. These are the section headings. Decision-making and the relationship between conscious and subconscious cognition. Thought control. How patterns become established. Imaginary consequences of imaginary actions. Cognitive dissonance. The fallacy of digital thinking. Conclusion, consciousness and the meaning of life. Now, I ask you, does that sound like an atheistic rant or indeed the work of an idiot? To make things absolutely clear to anybody listening who still thinks I'm an idiot or a bigot or whatever, I will read the final two paragraphs of the book, which must be what so irked this Bostonian curmudgeon, as it's the first mention of atheism or religion in the whole book, only appears on the last half of the last page. So here goes. I am a hardline empiricist reductionist atheist. I don't even believe that anything metaphysical exists. After decades of study and thought, I have tried to narrow down my thoughts on all this to the core ideas and construct an all-encompassing philosophical or psychological theory of everything. Here is a tentative summary, which serves as my answer to the meaning of life. There are only two things in the universe, physical matter and abstract metaphysical concepts. The latter only exist as concepts within the mind of human beings, which consist entirely of physical matter. Indeed, Mind and consciousness themselves are unnecessary metaphysical abstractions. Existence, or the universe, is neither meaningful nor meaningless, it just is. Meaning, purpose, coincidence, reason are all metaphysical concepts we have invented, as is God. That's not in the book, but I just added it there to make clear that that's part of my whole point. I'm not saying, oh, you believe in God, you're an idiot. I'm saying that God is a metaphysical concept, and I don't see how anyone can deny that. And it's pretty obvious to me if you look at the psychological and social history of humanity, it's pretty obvious that we began worshipping the sun because it was, it, it was mysterious, we didn't understand the physics of it, and then... Uh, you know, began sacrificing um, animals or children to the god of, of 
weather or the sun because if the crops failed, then you'd all die and this and that. Um, and then people would draw sacred circles around themselves before they went out hunting because they believed that it made them more likely to catch the animal, but what it, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. It just gave them more confidence and made them run faster. So all these things are psychologically perfectly understandable, and I think the psychology of religion is perfectly understandable. I, When I was a small child, I wanted to believe that there was some, or I felt that there was something out there bigger than me. But as I grew up and I studied science, I realized that the thing out there that's bigger than me is the universe. It's not a bloke with a beard sitting on a cloud. And the universe has no personality. It doesn't know we're here. And the universe is neither meaningful nor meaningless. Uh, That's quite a lengthy diversion from what I've actually written in the book, but I really hope that this clarifies my position because I've called this episode my riposte to a Christian insult, and after this, I'm not going to deal with any negative comments. I'm just going to go on doing the positive things that I want to do, but hopefully this will clear it up once and for all. So, to get back to the book... Existence or the universe is neither meaningful nor meaningless, it just is. Meaning, purpose, coincidence, reason are all metaphysical concepts we've invented. Why questions are null and void, things just are. If you believe in a metaphysical entity, there could be no possibility of communication between you and it because you are a physical entity and nothing more. The universe does not know we are here and does not care about us. Fate is an invented, abstract, metaphysical concept. Therefore, there is no meaning of life. Life is merely our word for the state we find ourselves in. However, and this is the last paragraph of the book, however, this does not mean that human existence is axiomatically a negative state of being. I'm not talking about nihilism here. And in fact, I'm going to write a follow-up book or I'm going to do a couple of podcasts on nihilism because I think a lot of people confuse atheism with nihilism and they are completely different philosophies. I was a nihilist as a teenager for reasons that you will understand if you actually read the book. Um, But I'm not now. Anyway, that's for another podcast or book. Um, However, this does not mean that human existence is axiomatically a negative state of being. Rather, we are free to decide on our own subjective definition of what a good life is and then do our best to try to live it. We are only here for a short time, a blink of a cosmic eye, and we are born without an instruction manual. The joy of life is to explore our own imagination, to think, to be, to create, to experience, to do, to simply live a life and realise how lucky we are to be here at all. Now, I am flabbergasted that anybody can read that last 
paragraph, if indeed this Bostonian fool did actually read the book, how anyone could read that last paragraph and say that I'm an idiot and that I deserve to suffer. But anyway, I'm not going to mention him again. Um, I stand by every single word of that, and I fail to see how anyone could possibly misunderstand it so utterly and completely. My whole point is that meaning is personal to all of us, not a universal given. So when I say the the universe has no meaning, as I say in the book, the universe, the earth, human existence, the coffee table to the right of me, this microphone I'm holding, none of that has meaning, but neither is it meaningless. The whole point is meaning is personal and subjective. Our own lives are meaningful to us and to people who love us. So there is meaning in human existence. Of course there is, but we create it ourselves. It's, it comes from within our own heads, from our own human psychology. It's not, there isn't an objective meaning that applies to all of us that is put down from on high. That is my point, and I find that a positive point because we're not all the same. Something meaningful to one person could would be, you know, horrible or harmful to another person. So we are free to decide on our own meaning. And you know, it says in the Bible God created us and gave us free will. So I'm exercising my free will. And if you believe in God, then I'm exercising my free will to be an atheist. So how is that unchristian? I'm using my brain. I'm thinking about the universe and about religion and about God and about everything. Maybe Bostonian 78 does rather less thinking. And that's the last time I'm going to mention him, her, it. Delete is applicable. I have to return to this comment once again because I forgot I haven't actually uh, answered his question at the end, which is, if things just exist, as you stated, who created the earth or the sun? Was it by accident or why does matter exist if there is no meaning on anything? Well, ignoring the appalling grammar, I'm not quite sure what he means by that. Huh, I don't know his meaning. Mm, That's ironic. Well, first of all, uh, I mean, the word accident is, again, is kind of a metaphysical human invention. There's really no such thing as accident or coincidence. Nothing happens by accident. Newton's third law, there is always cause and effect. So if you ask, oh, you know, why was my child run over by a car? Then, you know, there are a million reasons for that going back to 1888 when the first motor car was invented by Mercedes-Benz, you know, and then millions and millions and millions of other cars were built, which one one cause led to another effect, cause, effect, cause, effect, cause, effect, going on over 130 years or whatever, 
until one person in a car runs over your child because the road was slippery, they weren't paying attention. We call it an accident, but it wasn't. There were there was cause and effect. So the same is true of the universe. The universe didn't just appear by accident. The earth didn't appear by accident. I mean, yeah, you know, nobody knows exactly how the universe was created, but we have had science going for thousands of years, starting with the pre-Socratic ancient Greeks, who were armchair scientists. And now I think people who ask questions like this either willfully or out of ignorance don't actually understand how science works. They think maybe think scientists are just voicing their opinion. Well, they're not. Somebody comes up with a theory like the Big Bang Theory and they say, if this theory is correct, then if you measure this, 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 this and this, then the result should be A, B, C, D, etc. And we've measured all those things and they're all exactly as the theory predicts. Therefore, the theory is assumed to be correct until somebody comes up with a better theory or a simpler or a more elegant theory. Science works, scientists progress, scientists are constantly trying to disprove their own theories and come up with better ones, which is the opposite of religious fundamentalism. This book was written two or three thousand years ago, and no, you can't change it. Word, no, word of God, so I'm going to live my life by something that was written in a time that completely doesn't apply to my life or the society or the world that I live in. Um, that's the exact opposite of progress. So accident, no, nothing happens by accident. Matter can neither be created or destroyed. So the earth wasn't created. The, the stuff, the matter of the earth wasn't created. It was already there. It was already there before the Big Bang in a super condensed state. And then under its own pressure, it exploded in the Big Bang and then there was inflation. And look, if you really want to, if you really want genuine answers to this, go and read some physics. It's all there. It's not difficult. You know, it's not my role. I'm getting a bit angry now. This is supposed to be positive thinking. Um, but, you know, it's, I can't, you know, I can't correct the misunderstandings of everybody because I, or, or even one person, I take the rest of my life and frankly, life's too short. Um, but just read some bloody physics. I mean, you know, it's, it's not difficult and, you know, there have been many, many, many thousands of, of repeated experiments that all come up with exactly the same answers and then it's, it is accepted as valid. Not as a 
concrete truth is set in stone, it's accepted as a valid theory. There is no such thing as absolute truth in science because they always allow for the position for the possibility of being proved wrong, which is what religion doesn't. It doesn't progress. If things just exist, as you stated, who created the earth? Well, I don't say they just exist. All I'm saying is there's no God or creation. Things can happen spontaneously without being created. Matter comes into existence all the time. Black holes form spontaneously under certain conditions. Nobody creates them. You don't, it's quite childish to think you have to have, you know, a pair of hands and a block of plasticine or Lego or whatever to actually make it. No, things just happen. You have to let go of these fixed ideas and just open your mind. Being an atheist is not being closed-minded. It's being open-minded. Was it by accident, we dealt with that, why does matter exist if there is no meaning on anything? I don't quite know what that means, but as I've explained ad nauseum, meaning is a human-invented concept. It is nothing to do with matter and existence. A different species could have evolved on a different planet and been just as intelligent as us, but would never have invented these metaphysical concepts. They would never question the meaning or the purpose of anything. They'd just get on with their lives and deal with what was in front of them. I've kind of lost the thread of where I was going with that, to be honest. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think that's answered the question. And if it hasn't, go and read some physics. And if it still hasn't, uh, if that Bostonian 78 is listening then uh, as you Americans say, if you still think I'm an idiot and you still think the book's rubbish, there after all this, then as you lot say, go fuck yourself. Oh yes, and uh, to bring things to a close, I am absolutely delighted to say that uh, as of today, which is the 14th of October, 2014, that I have, uh, it's just been posted, it's on the site now, on the interwebs, I have a guest blog on Paul Gilmartin's Mental Illness Happy Hour. I've been listening to that show for about a year, it's been a huge help to me and has partly inspired me to start this podcast, although I'd already written the book for. The website is mentalpod.com and if you go there my blog is the most recent one so it's on the home page and then when it's uh, uh, superseded by another one it will go down the list and you can still find it. It will be there forever. Um, it's called Why I Didn't Believe in Addiction and uh, it's been a very interesting process for me to to write it and to have the comments um of paul uh and leah who who deals with uh with the guest blogs 
Um, I wrote one long piece and we went back and forth a few times. They suggested a few changes. Paul made a comment on one sentence that could be misinterpreted, which slightly blew my mind and made me rethink something. And I wrote a long paragraph in response to his ideas. So now it's finished. It's up there. Uh, go read it. I'm really, really um, proud of it. I think it's a good piece of writing and uh, it's certainly be interesting, especially for Americans, because uh, I start off by saying that until about two or three months ago, I didn't believe in addiction. I didn't believe it existed. Um, I won't recapitulate the whole uh, blog. Uh, go and read it. Mentalpod.com is uh, Paul Gilmartin's Mental Illness Happy Hour. It's at about 200 episodes now. It's an utterly fantastic thing. Um, and I, w- I would recommend anybody um, to uh, go and see it. Go and see it. Go and read it. Or go and read my blog. But if you haven't uh, heard of the website, go and visit it. I believe you get about a million visitors a month. The podcasts are fantastic. A lot of them are interviews with comedians. Uh, some are with listeners. Some are with doctors, psychiatrists, um, or some are just regular people. And uh, there's always humor in it. There's always it's sort of half entertainment, half sort of therapy. It's really, really interesting. There's some utterly ghastly stories on there, but there's always um, there's always something inspiring. Um, so please go and check that out, mentalpod.com. And uh, the blog by me is, uh, is on the homepage now. I'll post a link uh, when I upload this episode, hopefully tomorrow. So um, enjoy that. And um, I think that um, the next episode of this, which is unless I'm very much mistaken, will be episode five. I think it will be about nihilism because that's one thing that came up. That was the sentence that Paul thought people might uh, misunderstand me over was something to do with nihilism. And I think it's a very pernicious thing that's, uh, in has, permeated popular culture over the last few decades. So I think the next uh, podcast will be about nihilism and the dangers of it and uh, how how I think we can counteract it. Well, I can tell you how I've counteracted it. I kind of did in the book. But, yeah, I think we need to go, we'll go into nihilism um, next week And then, um, who knows? I've no idea. Um, I've no overall plan for this series of podcasts. I just thought I'd start one based on the book, and it's taking on a life of its own. Oh, yeah, I still want um, people to uh, email me. I think I'll change the site. I've not, uh, I think perhaps the link to the email is not very clear. I'll make it bigger and actually put the email address on it. Um, 
So that should be up by the time you hear this. Yeah, I I want uh, I want people to email me with uh, suggestions for topics or things they would like to hear in future podcasts, or maybe something I could put in a future book. So I do plan to write uh, another one. And um, any any comments? Um, any comments about uh, what you know? What's what's in the book, or what's in these podcasts so far, or anything you've heard anywhere else? Anything even vaguely to do with positive thinking, negative thinking, the meaning of life, etc., or you know, religion, philosophy, psychology, science. It's all. You know, it's all in there. Um, so please uh, get some comments coming in. Give me some stuff I can read on the show because uh, I've loved reading the uh, the lovely positive reviews I've had um, for the book. And uh, it would be nice to uh, get some comments going for the podcast and you know, I don't want to be just sitting here talking to myself. I want to do things that interest the listeners. So come on, there's people listening to this. I know there are because of all the interweb statistics that I get. So uh, at least some people have listened to it. So come on, you people out there, uh, email me and uh, let me know what you think. Give me some comments I can I can read out on air or if if um, if you want to write a guest blog. I've just I've done a guest blog for Paul Gilmartin. So if you want to do a guest blog for me, then um, just you know I ha- I don't have a blog on the site at the moment because you know I'm doing two podcasts. Um, I'm releasing a ton of music and um, trying to write another novel. So I'm just too busy to do any blogs at the moment. But if you want to do a guest blog for this show, then by all means, just write something anything to do with the subject and uh, just give me an email. See you next time and look forward to hearing from you. Bye.